0: swept in Atlanta after the marlins swept the red sox 500 road trip it's not all doom and gloom however jazz chisholm jr exits the game with an apparent oblique injury emergency podcast territory this is locked on marlins you are locked on marlins your daily podcast on the miami marlins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Greetings from England. and Welcome to Lockdown Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, as pretty much all of Braves Twitter has been doing this weekend. I'm at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, firstly, hello. Hope uh, you've had a good weekend. It is a Sunday pod, by the way, for those that are wondering, asking. This is a post-game emergency pod, but Leave a review. Hit subscribe wherever you are. This, of course, is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. Maybe of the week. I don't know. Depends when you catch this one, guys. Um, There is a YouTube channel. Also, head on over there. Hit subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's Locked on Marlins. Same name. Same name. Head over there. Find me. You will see it's a solo pod. And you will see the rundown is already up. The Marlins swept in Atlanta. And it wasn't just any sweep. No, it was an absolute beatdown, particularly in those first two games. Game three was close and the Marlins could have won it. Maybe. But the Braves, they came into the series scorching hot offensively. And yeah, the Marlins could do nothing with them. Absolutely nothing with them. It is the interesting part though for the Braves, right? They are a juggernaut at this point. But, for them, it's only the 2nd of July. Are they peaking too soon? Are the Braves, the 2022 Mets, are they peaking too soon and actually this is the wrong time? I don't know. They're absolutely loaded, the Braves. They are loaded. I feel like they need a, a touch more pitching. They're really reliant on their, on their offense right now. Rightly so. Rightly so. But... From a Marlins perspective, you know, you had Sandy Alcantara going in the series. You also had Uri Perez going, which I was really intrigued to see. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see a lot from Uri Perez. And we also had Brian Hoeing going. So, you know, it's a little bit lopsided in some ways. You know, Brian Hoeing facing against the Braves, you would, you know, the Marlins would have obviously preferred to have had Jesus Lozado or Braxton Garrett going in the series. Um, Wasn't to be, not the way it lines up. And we've got to remember, like, Brian Hoeing, you know, he's. A triple A pitcher that's kind of come up being thrust well, it started in the bullpen and has then made his way into the rotation. You know, a couple of decent outings, good outings, better than good, really good. Uh, but this, you know, was a different type of test. Him and Archie Bradley kind of ended up combining to, you know, save the pen a bit. It was one of those where like the game got out of hand, was what it was. The Marlins kind of like you know started to show some life at one point, um, after going down five nil in the first inning. Um, but you know, overall, like Hoeing and Archie Bradley, they, they kind of did what they you know needed to do to save the pen. Then, unfortunately, Uri Perez couldn't get out the first inning. Um, you know, Cunha bomb, everyone just hitting up and down that that order. You know, one out, and that was it for Uri Perez. So, first time we've seen Uri Perez struggle as a Marlins starter, as a, as a Marlins. Yeah, I don't think he's probably had a worse outing in his career. Bearing in mind, he's only just turned 20, by the way. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, A, how that kind of impacts maybe the plans. I, I do remember, like Craig Mish saying, he felt the plan could be with Uri Perez to um, let him go in Atlanta <coughs> and then shut him down um, around the, the 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 All-Star break now. But with only, you know, one out and, you know, less than 40 pitches, give or take, um, you know, he'd probably get to go next you know with in, in the homestand so we may get an extra Eli perez um start that, that we maybe weren't anticipating um and then sandy going today you know it was it was a decent performance from sandy overall like the lineup is just so tough the Braves hit us the Braves offense like they just make you work so hard they were making Sandy work so so hard in this one it was you know it was tough they kind of just ground him down that obviously Ozzy Albie's. Uh, with the, the two-run blast, you know, that really kind of ended the Sandy outing in many ways. Um, so, you know, just five innings of work from Sandy, he, he struggled through it. But it's against a, a top, top offense at this point, And the at-bats are drawn out. Um, clearly, the, the play of the day was striking out Ronald Acuna Jr. 100 miles an hour up in the zone. Stalling's glove nearly caught fire. Literally, there was smoke coming out of his glove. It was it was that. And Fuego from Sandy Alcantara. Love to see that, um, as did the Braves fans on Twitter. It's been a lot of fun engaging with those guys. Uh, obviously, I don't think some of them realize that there's some sarcasm involved with some of these tweets. They It's sometimes maybe hard to read sarcasm in Twitter, but it's been a lot of fun. Like, they're, they're you know... There's some tongue-in-cheek posts going on, of course, because that's just, you know, part and parcel of it. But I've had the fishing rod out. I've been hooking fish left, right, and center on Twitter. It's been very fun over this weekend. The results on the field, not so much. However, today, the big takeaway, huge takeaway, I think, and we'll wait to see how this plays out, but the huge news, Jazz Chisholm Jr. exits the game. Exits the game. As soon as you saw the swing, you saw the... The reaction, you know, I just knew straight away that this is going to be a problem for Jazz and probably a lengthy one. You're talking, you know, IL stint. You're talking four to six weeks kind of territory, potentially. We don't have any news at this point other than, you know, oblique soreness. But his reaction is not good. As soon as you get those oblique injuries as a hitter, you're cooked. You have to just rest it up. So... I'm expecting Jazz to hit the IL, which is, you know, hugely unfortunate for the Marlins. We saw what impact Jazz had into the offense, particularly in the Red Sox series, back-to-back days with home runs. We saw it even in today's game. Jazz can just make things happen, and it's going to be a huge loss. And what I mean by that with today was that 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 single where he ends up sliding head first into first base. I don't even know if maybe that's where you know this oblique issue maybe started, or whether it was just solely. Linked to the swing. I don't know, but for the Marlins, this is going to be a huge blow. I think this probably will be an IL stint for Jazz, and frankly, they, you know, we'll wait to see what, what they do with the roster. Uh, I felt that when the move was made, I felt like Garrett Hampson is kind of like next man up, like irrespective of position. If someone goes down, Garrett Hampson's probably your guy. Um, let's see. Let's test that theory a touch. I'm, I'm intrigued, and the reason I'm intrigued is you've got, you know, you've got a guy at AAA and Dane Myers, not Dane Bowers, by the way, and for the everyday, as they will know exactly what I'm talking about there. But you've got a guy, you know, at, at AAA that's putting up numbers that that no one else is at this point. And he does have the versatility to play both some infield positions, but also some corner outfield positions. So I do wonder, I know Garrett Hampson's versatility is really useful. But the offensive upside is pretty limited with Hampson. We've kind of seen that. Like, it's okay. And there can be little games where he's okay. And particularly, like, hitting against lefties, he's he's pretty good. But the the upside really isn't there. And for a club and a lineup that feels like it needs a few more upside guys in there, I'm I'm very intrigued to see whether Dane Myers, you know, could be be called up here, uh, which would be one hell of a story. Spoke about it a few few episodes ago where, you know, let's not forget Dane Myers. He was a pitcher up until 2021. So wild story, a minor league rule five guy that could be called up and asked to contribute meaningful at-bats on a team that's 11 games over 500 heading into the final homestand before the all-star break. I mean, one hell of a story. Let's see how it plays out, but I just get, I get the sense that that is the next move. And with this impact of jazz and you have Jonathan Davis available to play center field, you know, we, we did see like Jonathan Davis was out playing right field earlier in the week. So the Marlins are struggling in the outfield. They're struggling for some production. Jesus Sanchez, although hit a bomb uh, yesterday, an absolute stunner. Was it yesterday? I think it was an absolute stunner into the chop house. It's so up and down with Jesus Sanchez. Um, and so they need some reinforcements in that outfield. And I do wonder if Dane Ma- Dane Myers, I almost said Dane Bowers again. I wonder if Dane Myers could be that guy. We'll wait to see. Um, I want to talk about Jonathan Davis as well a little bit more because uh just so impressed by him. Not just for this year, but for next year too. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel Guys. Uh, baseball season, as you know, is in full swing and there's no better place to get an on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers. Yep, listen up. If, you, if you're if you not a customer with FanDuel right now, this one is for you. You get a no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000. There's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com to join today. If I was a betting man in advance of this series, as you saw, I was I was pumping the, the Marlins taking the series, even the sweep. There was a sweep, but it went the wrong way. Anyway, don't miss a chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Okay. Um yeah, I caught I caught a lot of strays on Twitter for that that bold prediction, particularly the three-game rundown where I actually went into detail, which, you know, was all just a bit of fun, really. But, you know, you put it out on the Twitterverse, right? It's there for people to come back on and, and comment on in the future. And yeah, I think I was predicting a, a blowout in game one. I was correct, but I was predicting that the Marlins blew out the Bravos. Didn't happen. A couple of close games and the Marlins are going to sweep them. Didn't happen. Marlins absolutely blown up and Jazz Chisholm, hurt in this series in in reality it, this series couldn't have gone any worse any worse worst possible series for the fish but the positive news here we don't play the Braves again until september so that's probably a good thing they what they played 10 games against the Bravos now i think they're 1 and 9 that one run that one that one win was a wild one as well, if you recall. A big comeback in the ninth. I think they put five up in the ninth. At this point, without that crazy rally, the Marlins could have been 0-10 against the Bravos. And I do wonder, I do wonder if this type of series, you know, it's not about overreacting and it's not about directly comparing yourself to the Braves, which are clearly like, you know, in terms of roster construction and the way they're playing right now, one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, if not the best. But I think it's interesting timing, you know, into July, a month to the deadline. And then the Marlins are getting absolutely spanked by the Bravos. I do wonder about the timing of that and what it could mean in terms of the aggressiveness for Kim Ang. Like, if it is like all in, I spoke about it on, on uh, Thursday's episode. Like, what does all in actually mean? You know, I do think, you know, there's, there's maybe if you look at that question differently. Like, what is the goal for the fish? Is it to win the World Series? Absolutely, it is. And if that is the goal, to win everything, you're going to have to beat the Bravos along the way. You're going to have to beat them. And right now, the Marlins are some way off that. And so, you know, all in, if that isn't just 500 ball or kind of like get a wild card spot and win 85 to 90 games, if all in is actually to win the World Series, then boy, oh boy, get the popcorn ready. Kim could be absolutely cooking it. Absolutely cooking We'll wait to see. The Marlins may have some, some in-house guys. Like I said, Dane Myers. It feels like if this, this situation with Jazz goes the way it's expected, you know, he could be the next guy up. Jonathan Davis handling center. I did want to talk about Jonathan Davis too. Like, I, you, may, you may get this sense, but I've been a big Jonathan Davis fan because the Marlins for years have been looking for a center fielder. And Jonathan Davis defensively is absolutely amazing. He is so impressive out there. Really is. He's, and this is, you know, in 2021, I remember asking Don Mattingly about it, about Starling Marte at center field. And has he ever seen, you know, a guy like that before? He's like, no, like Starling Marte at that time, you know, one of the best he's ever seen do it. And Jonathan Davis, I'm going I'm to put it out there right now. He is even smoother than Marte in 2021. It's so silky smooth in center field. And, it's so impressive, so impressive. And the stick is serviceable. And this is where I was thinking about as well, heading into, you know, looking in, into next year. You know, is Jonathan Davis the starting center fielder? Do they ask Jazz to maybe transition back into an infield role? Obviously, we've got this first base situation that, you know, we'll see how that plays out. What the man is going to do with Cooper, what they're going to do with uh, Guriel? Um you know, I, I I can see a strong possibility that neither of those are on the Marlins roster. The question then is, do they do something in via trade? Do they do something via free agency? Should be careful there because we've seen how that, that typically works. Um, or do you look to rejiggle things? Luis Arias back to first base where he spent some time with the Twins. Jazz back into second base. Arias has been fine at second base, but Jazz is better. He's better than Luis Arias at second base. And all of a sudden you end up with a A spine then, you know, that uh, I guess up the middle. Catcher, TBC, wait to see what they do in the offseason. But Jazz, plus a shortstop that's TBC as well. So I don't know that either. And Jonathan Davis. Defense starting to look pretty nice up through the middle. So I've got mad love for Jonathan Davis. I love the story. I love the way that, that Kim went and got him. And that trade seems to have worked out really well. And everything he's done so far has been so impressive. And it, you know, it's wild that we went from like zero centre fielders to two. Granted, Jazz wasn't a center fielder and probably actually wants to play in the middle infield. The other questions will continue about Jazz. Should he be playing shortstop? He wants to play shortstop. We know that. Could Jazz play shortstop? He absolutely could. He absolutely could play shortstop, in my opinion. Um, we'll wait to see if that actually happens, but You know, maybe that is the master plan here. Joey Wendell's been holding it down perfectly well. And would Jazz be an upgrade or a downgrade on Wendell? I'm not sure. I don't think he'd be a downgrade, a huge downgrade defensively. Um, And so all possibilities are out there. But I think Jonathan Davis, his performance has earned potentially a starting gig for the Marlins in center field for the next, at least going into next year. So we'll wait to see. I want to talk about Uri Perez because it's the first time that he's, you know, had a had a struggle. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm interested to see the Marlins start him uh in, in this upcoming series with the Cardinals four game um series on deck. So, you know, I think the plan was maybe not to start him, but with that shorter start, maybe, maybe you get Perez going again. It's gonna be interesting to see the way he bounces back. Um was with uh, was on the, the Carl C. Laf Marlin's radio. Um, spaces this morning. Someone was asking about Uri Perez and how this could impact him, and Carl just said, "Listen, it's no impact for Uri Perez. Like he is absolutely fine. This isn't gonna hurt him in terms of his his um, mentality, his confidence. Uri Perez is gonna be absolutely fine." But what I would say, and just kind of going back to the you know the the, the conversation around like how Kim seeing this this series happen, and how Kim maybe responds. I think what it has showed is that the Marlins absolutely need another starting pitcher at this point, like with, with the situation with Cueto, with, you know, Trevor Rogers, Edward Cabrera, with those three guys down, the Marlins need to do something, I think, to, to get another arm in. I, I, you know, I don't think Cueto is a serviceable option anymore. I've mentioned that last week on the show. You know, I think, I think Cueto's cooked. Uh, The Marlins, I think have maybe just, under a week to actually make a decision on that before his 30 days um, rehab assignment period is over at that point. Either he's back on the roster or he's um, DFA'd. Um, If he was to be back, he started on Wednesday. So if you're thinking Wednesday, you would come back around, he'd be what? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Wow. Just imagine after being swept, you open up the, uh, the, you know, the look ahead for the series and you see Johnny Cueto slated to start in game one against the Cards. Boy, oh boy, that would be wild. I don't think that's going to be the case, by the way. Um, he's just, he struggled so much, but it just shows you they they do need another pitcher. They do need another starter. So it's going to be one of the major areas for Kim um, to dig into. Overall, though, guys, listen, had to hit this pod. Firstly, we, we saw the variance between Elite and the Marlins. The Marlins are a good team. Their record proves it. What, how they've played this year, it proves that they are a good team. <laughs> the Braves are just significantly better than everyone at this point. So we, we already knew that situation. If the Marlins would have squeezed out one win, maybe, you know, game three, managed to, you know, go their way. You'd be coming back on a four and two road trip. You know, that would have been exceptional going into Boston and into Atlanta. But still, a 500 road trip, is still a success. Play 500 ball on the road and continue playing really well at home. This team's making the postseason and that would be deemed a huge success. What's going to happen with Jazz Chisholm Jr. and how are the Marlins going to be able to handle that? You know, that is going to be the question. I think this could be another similar stint that he's had out with the turf toe that could be with the Oblique. Four to six weeks, potentially. It is not a quick... It's not a quickie. It's not a quick turnaround on that one. I think Jonathan Davis plays a ton in center at this point. And I think there's a real good chance that Dane Myers gets the call this week, makes his major league debut for the Marlins, and playing some corner outfield as part of that. It may be, you know, with Hoy Soler, you can put Soler out in the outfield too, which he was doing today with Jazz DHing. Um, So there's ways to get Dane Myers' stick in the lineup if indeed they want to go down that path. He's he's deserving of it. The Marlins likely have a spot that's opening up here, so I think why not? They've seen enough with Garrett Hampson. He's fine. He can leave Garrett Hampson there. He's a great util guy, but you've got Birdie that can play that role anyway. So I think go with the upside arm at the upside arm, the upside stick, and see what you can do. Overall, Bravo's the class. Showing the Marlins need to be maybe even more aggressive than they had realized in the month of July for the deadline. Jazz. Out for some time, can they handle it? They've shown they can handle it, they've shown that they can win games without Jazz this year. It's gonna be a big blow because we've seen the impact that Jazz can make on this offense, on the team in general. David Sampson spouting it, it all that all that nonsense that he's talking there has been proven to be not you know absolute nonsense. Jazz is a stud. The guys in the clubhouse love him, and he just wants the best for this team. So when I saw earlier on, he's sliding head first into first base. Trying to get, he's he's scratching and clawing for everything to try and get dubs for this club. Putting his body on the line. We're all sitting there going, we don't want to see Jazz doing that. But he's doing that to try and scratch and claw and lead the way to try and get this offense rolling. That's been locked on Marlins, guys. Post game after the Braves swept the Marlins uh, in a true blowout fashion over the three games. Jazz potentially headed to the IL and the Marlins maybe then have a choice to make which way they go to plug that gap. Um, Guys, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. Uh, And of course, this is your team every day. And what that means is I'll be back tomorrow on Monday as we look ahead to the Cardinals series and the homestand, where if the Marlins play well, um, those games are absolutely there for the take. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the Marlins match up with the Cardinals and the Phillies all in advance of the All-Star break. I'll see you tomorrow.